everyone. This is Up Too Late, and I'm Teresa Zoe Williams. Welcome! Later tonight, Haley Stewart will join me to talk about Jane Austen and her new book. Right now, though, you just get me. Sorry. It's not always easy being just me, though. Once in high school, I was having a really rough time, so my guidance counselor gave me a hall pass to be late to every class all day so I could just take my time and hopefully be a lot less anxious. Medication would have also helped in this situation, but it was only 2002. So I went late to all my classes that day, and I got to my English class and went late, And instead of actually reading the pass, my teacher took it and just threw it out. So, of course, his class ran late, and I didn't have time in between classes to go to the bathroom anymore. So instead of being late to my biology class, my last one of the day, without a pass, I decided to just go on time and plead my case. You see, we had lost our hall pass privileges for abusing them while we had a substitute, so we weren't allowed to leave class um, anymore. So I got to class on time, and I asked my teacher, who we affectionately called Mrs. G, or Homie G, if I could go to the bathroom, and she said no. So I tried to hold it all class long, the minutes barely ticking by. You have to understand, this was an 80-minute class. We were on block scheduling. So I'm holding, I'm holding it this entire time. But finally, with 10 minutes left in class, I could not hold it anymore. So I pleaded with my teacher to let me go to the bathroom, and she kept saying no. Then I burst. Not my bladder, my words. I shouted, homie, I gotta piss. The whole class went silent. Mrs. G looked at me. I about peed my pants after that outburst, but I didn't. Finally, finally, she told me to just go before she changed her mind. I have never run faster in my life. Not when I was playing soccer, not during drills, nothing. I have never run faster than I ran to that bathroom. So the next day I got to her class and she called me up to her desk. She said she told her husband what I had said the day before. Started to sweat. Her husband was a big, scary man and you did not want to be on his bad side. Mrs. G said he asked if she let me go, to which she said yes. Then she relayed his final comment. Good. You know it's bad if a tiny teenager has to swear at you. Give them their hall pass privileges back. And that's the story of how I swore at a teacher. It did not help my anxiety one bit. I've dealt with my anxiety in a variety of ways before finally being formally diagnosed and put on medication. In college, I used to walk around with a Nalgene bottle full of rum and coke. I was running a retreat once, and the team was meeting. We were going around introducing ourselves, and my co-leader decided our fun fact would be our favorite drink. Without thinking, because anxiety, when my turn came, I said, Rum and Coke, like in my Nalgene right now. 
The little Franciscan students did not get a kick out of that. I made sure my drinking was a little more discreet after that. But thank God for medication. No more poor coping mechanisms. Only good ones. Welcome to the show. This week's drink of the day is, of course, rum and coke. After telling a story about it, how could I not be drinking it? Pinkies out, everyone! Tonight's dramatic reading of scripture comes to us from the King James Bible, from Song of Solomon, Chapter 7. How beautiful are thy feet with shoes, O prince's daughter, a.k.a. princess. Also, is this indicative of a foot fetish, or is it the opposite? I can't tell. The joints of thy thighs are like jewels. Forget thigh gap, it's all about thigh joints. The work of the hands of a cunning workman. Thy navel is like a round goblet, which wanteth not liquor. Thy belly is like a heap of wheat set about with lilies. Finally, the whitest of the white of us get some love. So white, I look like death itself. Thy two breasts are like two young rows that are twins. Rows are deer, FYI. I'm unsure how breasts can be like deer, but there's a lot of stuff in the Bible I don't get. Thy neck is as a tower of ivory, thine eyes like fish pools in the Heshbon, by the gate of Bath-Rabim. Thy nose is as the tower of Lebanon, which looketh toward Damascus. Thine head upon thee is like caramel, and the hair of thine head like purple. It's me! They're talking about me! I don't know if that's actually a good thing. Let's move on. The king is held in the galleries. How fair and how pleasant art thou, O love for delights! This thy stature is like to a palm tree, and thy breast to clusters of grapes. If your breasts are discolored and lumpy, please see your gynecologist immediately, immediately. And be sure to get a breast exam every year. Mammograms save lives. I said, I will go up to the palm tree. I will take hold of the boughs thereof. Dude, this is a little handsy, right? Like, hmm. Now... Also thy breast shall be as clusters of the vine. Okay, so breast fetish is literally as old as time. Okay, great. No wonder we're still dealing with this shit today. And the smell of thy nose like apples, and the roof of thy mouth like the best wine for my beloved, that goeth down sweetly, causing the lips of those that are asleep to speak. Okay, this is not what my first boyfriend said about my mouth after our first kiss. I am my beloved's, and his desire is toward me. Come, my beloved, let us go forth into the field. 
Let us lodge in the villages. Let us get up early to see the vineyards. Let us see if the vines flourish, whether the tender grape appear and the pomegranates bud forth. There will I give thee my loves. The mandrakes give a smell, and at our gates are all manner of pleasant fruits, new and old, which I have laid up for thee, O oh, my beloved. I hope she likes fruit. Fiend! Exit stage right! I'm getting some help for tonight's top 10. Please welcome to the show Catholic author, writer, podcaster, speaker, and super cool lady, Haley Stewart. Welcome, Haley. Thanks so much for having me. This is going to be fun. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I thought, what better than two ladies who have been known for their crazy hair colors and (laughs) love of books and music than to get us together. So... Let's get right into the top 10. I gave Haley 10 Jane Austen characters, just random characters, and asked her to rank them from her least favorite to most favorite. So these are Haley's top 10 random Jane Austen characters. At number 10 is Mrs. Norris. I actually have no idea who this one is, so I'm not (laughs) terribly well versed in Austen. So could you tell us who this is and why you think you ranked her at number 10. Yes. Okay. So Mrs. Norris is the horrible, greedy, selfish aunt of Mansfield Park's heroine, Fanny Price. And she is possibly the only Jane Austen character that has no good qualities. So usually Jane Austen has really complicated, right? like there's very few villains because you see the humanity in them, you see their right. weakness and, and different things. But Mrs. Norris is just awful all the way through. And actually the the cat in Harry Potter named Mrs. Yes. Norris is named after. Oh, that is a throwback. Character. Okay. Mm-hmm. See, I was going to ask you about that. So that's a, a nod to Austin in Rolling. At number nine, you put Lydia Bennett. Okay. She is infuriating. I, I hate her, but you tell us why you placed yeah. her here. So she's terrible. She's very self-centered. She's very foolish. She doesn't seem to notice how her actions and behavior are going to affect other people. So she's, she's kind of a narcissist. Yeah. Um, that being said, she's not malicious. Oh, you're so right. she's not malicious. She's not necessarily out to get anyone, but she's incredibly, she has no self-awareness to show her that her behavior is hurting other people. Man, that makes me like her less and also sympathize with her so much more. And I, you know what? That's what Austin is good at. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. At number eight, you put John Willoughby, another one that I know next to nothing about. Okay, so John Willoughby is kind of the rake in a lot of Austin's novels. She has this male character who's bad news. So mm-hmm. he's the he's the bad news in Sense and Sensibility. Yes. He's um, going to inherit an estate from a wealthy aunt. He falls in love with one of the two main um, heroines in the novel, Marianne Dashwood. And then he just kind of disappears off the scene after he's stolen her heart and leaving her in misery. And it's terrible. And it's really because he was a really bad dude 
before he met her and impregnated like this teenager and then abandoned her. And the stories come out. And now his aunt says, I'm not giving you all my money. And now he has to marry well. So he's clearly a bad dude. Yeah. For a lot of reasons. However, he is a great character because um, he's not thoroughly horrible. He is, he's weak. So he has intentions that aren't always bad, but he's completely just thrown about his life by his passions and whatever he wants is more important than the people around him. So he is a villain, but he's not um, thoroughly evil. Yeah. He's like every bad boy. That's he's every bad boy. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you place Mr. Bennett at number seven. I love him. I, he loves his daughters, even though he's a little bit of a putz, is mm-hmm. what I would call him. So why did you put him so low? Okay, so <laughs> I think you could read Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. with Mr. Bennett as the villain of the story. <laughs> so, okay, he's funny, he's witty, he clearly cares about his daughters, is very has affection for them, um, but he's a really bad dad. He, is. he he has not it, it's it's not just that he didn't see this bad financial crisis coming it's that he saw it coming and just couldn't be bothered to do anything yes. about it yes. and so now he's set every everyone up in this terrible position where if he dies they're going to be homeless which is yeah. terrifying yeah but then also he has no interest in disciplining his wayward daughters like Lydia and he just doesn't want to be bothered. He wants to go read in his study. He's neglectful. Yeah. He's yeah, he is. He and can. his his ne- his neglect could have completely ruined all of their lives. And if it hadn't been for our lovely Elizabeth, they would have all been in ruin. Mm-hmm. And my other beef with him is that he decided to marry a very silly woman. Yeah. That was his that was his choice. Yeah. And then as he becomes more irritated with her in their marriage, which is understandable because she's very irritating. He treats her with contempt. And so he's kind of setting up this model of married life for his children of complete disrespect for one's partner. So that's the other beef I have with Mr. Bennett, but Mm -hmm. like, like Austin's other characters, you don't hate him. We do love him. We're just, we're not mad. We're disappointed. Yes. Yes. That's a great way to put it. That It reminds me of how I feel about Paul Ingalls when reading the Little House on the Prairie series. <laughs> yes. Where you're wondering, Ma just got windows, Pa. Why do yeah. we have to move again? Why? Why? We just got the windows. <laughs> he couldn't have waited, you know, given them a little more time or, you know, said maybe we shouldn't put in the windows yet. Mm-hmm. you know or just oh. been like you know what there are literally only 10 people in this town i can do this this isn't right. too many it's oh, fine talk about infuriating men i think he would top my list <laughs> <laughs> but let's move along at number six you ranked kitty bennett one of the more overlooked sisters <laughs> she is i mean kitty's like almost this sounds terrible i feel like i'm gonna hurt her feelings but she's like <laughs> almost a non-character yeah like she's just there to fill the space she's just there to fill the space she's not lizzie or 
Jane. She's not one of the two older, interesting characters. She's not the youngest, horrible daughter, and she's not the plain bookworm daughter. So she's she's just just kind of along for the ride following Lydia. So I just put her in the middle because she's kind of neither here nor there. There's nothing to like or dislike. She is just there. (laughs) Okay. Fanny Price, though, you put at number five. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Fanny is great. She's a great, she's the heroine. She is. And she often doesn't get her due because she's shy and introverted and she's not charming. She's not. I'm not charming. (laughs) So she isn't compelling like Lizzie. Yeah. Um, She just isn't that character. And so she gets overlooked by modern readers. And the thing is, I always feel like I need to defend her. And I'm happy to do that because she she needs people to stand up for her. However, to be fair, she's not my favorite heroine. She's nobody's favorite heroine. It's true. So it's I true. love. She's not her. my favorite heroine. <laughs> so um, one thing that C.S. Lewis pointed out about her is that she's just she, there's two of Jane Austen's heroines that are basically perfect, and it's Fanny. And Anne Elliot from Persuasion. Yeah. But Anne is a more successful character because Fanny, it's it's like Austin tells you that she's great, but you just don't really ever believe her. So mm. she's not, he says she's not a self-righteous prig, like some people say she is. Right. She's really not. She's yeah. great, but she just doesn't pull you in like some of the other heroines so the danger of being an introvert yeah i put her at five but maybe she deserves to be higher i tried to be as honest as i could about my gut instinct yeah and that's what i asked for so that's what we get but be fair to introverts we're fantastic we are fantastic (laughs) at number four you put mr darcy I'm not nearly as taken with him as most other women seem to be. How about you? Okay. I love Mr. Darcy. He's great. I think he's great. He is. But I think that one way that we often misread Pride and Prejudice as modern readers or modern watchers of romantic comedies is we kind of think like, oh, poor misunderstood Mr. Darcy. Then, you know, by the end, she sees him for what he truly is. And to some degree, that's true. But part of it is that, no, he was being an ass. Like he is very arrogant at the beginning, does not have the self-awareness to understand how he's hurting other people, misreads, misjudges other people. So he has a journey to go on before he's ready for Elizabeth at the end of the novel. And she has a journey to go on before being ready for him. So yeah, that's... Maybe I just dislike him because he reminds me of an ex of mine. And there's a reason (laughs) that that guy is an ex and not my husband. (laughs) Oh, okay. We're getting hot and heavy now. Number three, you put Eleanor Dashwood. Eleanor Dashwood. Okay. What's not to love about Eleanor Dashwood? It's true. She's so great. She's so loyal. She's so selfless, but she, um, she's so much more relatable than Fanny and she has, those great moments of vulnerability yes. throughout the book culminating in the great scene at the end where she finally realizes she can marry the person she's in love with. And just after an entire book of being emotionally reserved, 
just starts publicly sobbing and it's so adorable and we love her for it. We do. We really do. I can't say any, I can't make a joke about Eleanor. (laughs) I'm just going to have to move on because she's great. She's so great. She's another, she's another introvert. She is. And this is not canon. You know, it's not in the book, but in the 1995 movie, there's just a great Mm -hmm. scene where the other three women in her family are sobbing and like ran to their rooms in hysterics and slammed the door. And she's holding a cup of tea that she was going to take someone. And she just sits down on the staircase. Cause there's like nowhere to go. Cause everyone's using a room to cry in, right. and just sits and drinks the tea. Yeah. And it's just like such a great moment where it's like, well, I guess I'll drink this, you know? Yep. <laughs> I feel that as a mom a lot. I feel that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Now we're up to the first loser, number two. <laughs> Emma Woodhouse, the Emma character Woodhouse. created to be hated. I know. Okay, so <laughs> Jane Austen said, I'm going to create a character that no one but myself will much like. And it's true. People love to hate Emma. I That's get true. it because she's really frustrating and she's really annoying. But I put her second because I relate to her the most of any Austin (laughs) heroines where it's like, I get it where she's not malicious. She's just really like lacks self-awareness and just, she's just ridiculous. She is. And she just has no idea how selfish she is. She like needs other people to help her out and be like, stop, just stop what you're doing. And so I love her because she has such a hopeful character Mm. arc where Mm. she starts out just completely insufferable and Mm. is able to have the humility to accept correction. Kind of reminds me of Peter and Jesus when mm -hmm. Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? Mm. That is a great, that's (laughs) actually a great one because Peter is the same way where he's really well-intentioned. He's just like a big dum-dum, you know? And and so, but he's so relatable. And then at the end, like, I love when he jumps out of the boat, when he realizes that it's Jesus on the shore and he's just like, I'm going to go swim to Jesus. And it's like such a goofy, dumb, endearing, lovable thing to do. And I feel like that's Emma. Emma. She's a lovable dum dum, and I relate to <laughs> she that. Is. <laughs> she really is. I don't hate her one bit. Not not at all. She's <laughs> frustrating, but not not hated one bit here. And there's a reason I named my first son Peter too. So uh-huh. there it is. <laughs> the lovable dum dum that our church is founded on. Yes. Like that's, that's the cornerstone we chose. That's the foundation. Great. We are in for just a smooth ride for sure. Okay. We're finally there though. We're at the tippity top. Number one, someone I couldn't tell you what novel she came from. If I was being held at gunpoint, Aunt Elliot. Aunt Elliot. Okay. (laughs) Aunt is the heroine of persuasion. She's, yes, one of the few I haven't read. <laughs> okay, it may be the best one. So I keep hearing get that. On it's that. going on the list. All right. So, okay, a little talking. bit of backstory on Anne. I'm, I'm just her biggest, like I'm a fangirl. I'm just going to be sappy and fangirl <laughs> over her right now. Okay, so totally. she's Go for it. an older heroine than any of the other heroines. She's in yes. her, get this, 
She's in her late twenties. She's practically dead. Yeah. You know, this she's very old. Was she picking out her coffin? Because she should have been. So she gets engaged to this guy she's completely smitten with as a Mm -hmm. as a teenager. Um, or I guess maybe she's, you know, 19 or 20. And basically a teenager. Let me tell you what I was doing at 19, not getting engaged. I was getting engaged at 19. So, but it, it turned out. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, if, if I had had the same people counseling me as we're counseling Ann Elliot, maybe I wouldn't have gone through with it because mm. they persuade her yes. not to marry him. And it's not because she doesn't love him, but he has nothing. And they say, this is going to go really poorly. He won't be able to support you. Mm. That This is very unwise. Mm. So she breaks it off. He's very wounded. He goes off to become a very successful naval captain. Of course and he does. She turns down another proposal and is very sad and lonely. But so <laughs> Anne is wonderful. And when we meet her, she is once again thrown into the company of this young man oh. that she was in love with. And I'm not going to spoil it for you. Okay, fine. Fine. But she is fabulous and you will feel for her. She's also an introvert yes. and it's not all of the issues have nothing to do with her. They're all mm. someone else's problem and she's oh, having to suffer for them, but she's still <laughs> my kind. whole life. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, that's Ann Elliot and she's Yay. perfect and fabulous and I wish she was my best friend. So Aww. here we are. And that's our top 10, everyone. Thanks for helping me out with that. Haley. Okay, so what's cool about this is you have a book about Jane Austen in the works. Can you tell us a little about it? I do. So this is a project that I started thinking about maybe six, six and a half, seven years ago. Um, It just started really coming to fruition this past year. So it will, the manuscript is written. I'm working on footnotes right now and it will be coming out tentatively in February of 2022. Ah, So the title is Jane Austen's genius guide to life on love, friendship, and becoming the person God created you to be. So it's kind of looking at Jane Austen's novels and kind of seeing her as our life coach yeah, and seeing how she shows that we can develop the virtues we need to become the people God wants us to be, to be fully ourselves. Um, and so I go through each novel and we kind of follow different characters on oh, their journeys. Cool. So we're actually, we don't follow Anne because she's perfect. It's true. She doesn't have any journey to go on except yeah. being awesome. We follow her love interest, Captain Wentworth, mm. from bitterness to fortitude. Mm. And so, yeah, it's, it's really, it's fun. So we don't just follow the ladies. We also follow some of the male characters. It's kind of her, her guide to life, her moral philosophy, her guide to becoming a good and holy person. Nice. I love it. I love this. So mark that on your calendars, everybody. February of 2022, Haley Stewart and Jane Austen are going to just, you know, wreck your life and make it better. (laughs) So what, do you have any other projects you're working on currently? I know I'm writing my own book. So I know that books are (laughs) take up like all of your time, 
but yeah. So I actually have a lot of stuff going. I have a secret, a secret project that's coming out this fall that I can't tell you about yet. Um, but okay. next fall, I have two children's books coming out. Yes. Um, so they're children's fiction. They're about an order of mouse nuns who live underneath the floorboards of G.K. Chesterton's house in Beaconsfield in England. And they run a little school for village mice and they solve crimes and they ride around London on tiny bicycles. Oh my and gosh. I cannot wait. For them to be out in the world. So the first one is completely written. The second one is I just started actually drafting it yesterday. Um, but the the first two will come out together, and then the third one will come out the next spring. Nice. So yeah, nice. I'm really excited. for Christmas and Easter. Perfect for Christmas. And actually, so the first one takes place in spring. The second one (laughs) is a Chris is a Christmas story. Oh, that's funny. mm -hmm. That's funny. Stuart Little meets Catholicism. (laughs) I can't wait. I'm going to read these books. So, yay. Well, where can we find you in all of your work? Sure. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram where I'm at Haley Carrots. So H-A-L-E-Y, carrots like the vegetable. (laughs) And um, you can also find me on the Word on Fire blog. So I'm doing a lot of writing over there these days. And then I also have a very neglected personal blog called Carrots from Micklemas. Yes, (laughs) carrotsformicklemas.com. And that one, I just never get time to write on. Same. Well, but I also carrots from Micklemas on my own. (laughs) One more. One more thing. I do a podcast that I co-host with Christy Isinger, and that's yes. called Fountains of Carrots. So yes. that's the last thing. And it's a fantastic podcast that you all should listen to. So <laughs> make sure to check out the show notes too for all of those links. And um, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Haley. It was so much fun. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Give it up for Haley, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to Up Too Late Tonight. Up Too Late is a Grexley podcast. Find it and others at grexley.com. A special thanks this evening to Haley Stewart for joining us. And sorry to all of the Franciscan students who are shocked that I, a 22-year-old, was drinking alcohol. No matter what anyone says, it really is a bubble. You guys can always find me at Teresa Zoe on Twitter and at Teresa Zoe Williams on Facebook and Instagram if you really must. If you like this show, make sure to support it on Patreon at patreon.com slash Teresa Zoe. Get all kinds of behind the scenes looks, sneak peeks, and other freebies over there. Be sure to follow my blog too for all kinds of other crazy things at TeresaZoeWilliams.com God bless and keep you. Sleep well and have sweet dreams. May your guardian angel be close at hand and Mama Mary wrap you in her mantle. Go to sleep! <laughs>